Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Talking Bollocks. Yes, it is I, your host, Howard H. Smith, here to give you all of the news from the world of heavy metal. Um, You're in the right place. That's right. Uh, My name is Howard H. Smith. I am the host of this here podcast, Talking Bollocks. I'm also the host of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. Um, I also sing in UK thrash band Acid Rain. I perform as the character Keith Platt, doing stand-up comedy, and MC as myself. I do some spoken word, and I might not have told you this before, I'm also a professional quiz master. Mm, I got all the answers. So... That's me. That's the ego out the way for one, well, I was going to say one second, but it was about 35, 40 seconds of ego. Anyway, um, welcome back. If you are a regular bollocker, it's nice to have you here. Thank you very much for subscribing. If this is new to you, well, if you like the sound of this so far, <laughs> you've got weird taste. Anyway. Uh, if you want to subscribe, hit the subscribe button anywhere on the device you're listening to this, and you'll get one of these podcasts every time it's released. It's that simple. And frankly, if you listen to a podcast and you didn't know that that was what subscribing means and how it works, then fucking hell, you need to get out more. Or at least out on the internet more. Because hmm. you could, you know, look stuff like that up. Yep, there you go. Uh, if this is your first one, that's as professional as it gets no no editing no pausing while I take a little sip and prevent dry mouth no no you get the whole kit and caboodle anyway how are you how have you been yeah I've been all right where are you what are you doing I'm interested honestly it would be awesome if you could all just shout now um but that's kind of mad isn't it really because you know I'm not gonna hear that would be weird though if I was <laughs> if I was walking past one of you <laughs> and, uh, and I heard you shout, talking bollocks. That'd be weird. Anyway, I digress. And as you'll find, tangents are very much a thing here at Talking Bollocks. Now, I'm not at Talking Bollocks Towers, where this is normally recorded. I am going old school for for old, old school bollockers. May recognise the acoustics of the room that I'm in. I am in Yorkshire. I'm in my uh, mother's... Uh, lounge and I'm recording this there is a number of clocks all in this room and they all um, tend to chime at once so if you do hear some chiming um, that's what it is okay <laughs> that's it really so um, I was gigging um, I'm recording this on a Sunday um, I was gigging Friday and Saturday night um, as Keith in Sheffield so it's uh, like a 120 mile round trip from here um, on Friday and on Saturday Doom show, um, which you can you can actually watch the uh, the whole show and the the video diary of the journey, all the interesting stuff. Um, if you sign up for uh, Patreon for the podcast, which is um, patreon.com forward slash Howard H Smith, sign up, get involved. You get all sorts of extra content. You get the podcast early. You get to ask questions to guests. You get a two hour radio show. You get a live uh, Zoom podcast once a month. You get everything that's behind the scenes to do with Acid Rain as well. So there you go. Cool. Do that, I suggest. Anyway, um, yeah, so I've been doing the comedy and uh, really enjoyed it. I had a great couple of nights and, um, well, that's it really. It's enough about me. And it's my birthday this week. Oh, I'm just, my ego is off the fucking leash at the moment, isn't it? It's a friend of mine always describes as um, people having an ego. And they say he always describes it as like a dog. And so some people, you know, everyone's got an ego, but it's it's chained up in the backyard. You know where it is. And some people, it's 
off the leash. It's gone over the yard fence. It's running up and down the street, bothering people. <laughs> I always thought that was an amusing way of describing people whose egos are out of control. That's not me. That's not me. Honest. Anywho, at this point, it's time to hand over to a review of what has been happening in the world of metal since last we spoke. Um, well, I, this this headline sort of grabbed me purely for sentimental reasons, but it was just Alex Lifeson saying it was difficult to accept that Rush was over. Um, and I, you know, as somebody who has um, uh, just changed lineup, so, you know, we've, a, a member's left, it's kind of, mm, you know, I, I'm still processing that. Um, to to be in a band for thirty five years with somebody, God, it was longer than that, wasn't it? It was forty odd years they were they were together, and for him, you know, for him to be uh, to have died and uh, the band be over, that's just like wow, yeah, I really appreciate that. It just must be hard, right? You know, it must be really really hard. And and some of the some of the quotes in it are, you know, yeah, it's just weird. He said, we were in our early 60s when the last tour ended. After that, after the number of dates that we did did do, which was about half of what we would normally do, we were all starting to feel the fatigue, as you normally would. And it had been, um, and it had been a normal tour. We'd gone out probably another month and then taken a month off or maybe a couple of months and then picked it up for another three or four months. I think personally, the same for Getty. We were really excited about the show, the presentation of the show, the whole concept of going back through history. Um... That's awesome. But he says he says here, yeah, but it was becoming really difficult for Neil to play at that level. And unless he could do it 100% at that level, he really wouldn't and didn't want to do any more shows. And we didn't want to be that person that should have taken it. Right? And he didn't. Right. OK. So there you go. Anyway, look, no, well, that's, that's very sad. Very sad. Um, let's pick it up, shall we? Uh, well, yes. Um, <laughs> death to all. Yes, Chuck, Chuck Schuldiner is dead. Let's let's cheer things up. Now, um, my good friend Gene Hoglan and Steve Dorigo are bringing Death to All um, to Europe in 2022. Um, really, really cool tour, and it does come to the UK. So, there. In fact, the third date is in the UK. It's London Garage. So, I will be uh, popping down to see Gene then. So, there's going to be another Gene episode coming up. Um, they're also playing in uh, Bochum, Liederwarden, wherever the hell that is, Rotterdam, Dessel, oh, that's grass pop, Klissen, uh, Hellfest, Copenhagen, Aschenfenberg, uh, okay, really don't know what that is, Hamburg, um, Regensburg, Oslo, Pilsen, and Krakow. You can't beat Krakow as a name, can you? Really, that is a that's a that's a heavy metal city, isn't it? If you're in a metal band and you're going to tour Europe, you're going to have to. You, you, we need to play Krakow. Why? Duh, metal, isn't it? Just the just the name, the word Krakow. It's fucking hard. Anyway, um, moving on. Dave Mustaine says he's going to be looking for a new beer company to manufacture Megadeth beer, and thus continues my problem with the fact that Dave Mustaine claims to be teetotal and you know clean and sober and sells beer. I, I don't know. I, am I being harsh there? Are there others? Are there others? I mean, there's there's a Metallica whiskey, right? And James is on the wagon. So, yeah. Sorry, Dave. Fucking hell. 
Shock, this will be in the description of the podcast. That's a fucking sure shock here. I'm apologising to Dave Mustaine because, yeah, well, I need to apologise, actually, for another reason. And that is, and I will put either a link or I'll post the picture so you can see it. Um, or I'll, put, I'll put a link to social media of a picture I posted of a softcore porn actress this week on social media, in case you didn't see it. And um, yeah, she looks like a young Dave Mustaine. There's just no getting away from it. And But I warn you, once you see this picture, you can't unsee it. Anyway, not only should I apologise for that. Well, not really, no, because it's, you know, that, that picture is out there. It's not my fault. But I apologise, Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm neat. I, I, I should give. Now, I'm, I'm apologising to him for giving him shit solely. But I am still going to give him shit, but I'm going to give Metallica shit and everybody else shit who are on the wagon and flogging alcohol. It just seems a bit weird. OK, that's it. But you know what? I can. And I know I, I'm going to I'm going out front with this. OK, I know if I was in their position, I would probably do the same because <laughs> you've got, you got to try and earn a living every way you can, every way you can as a professional musician. So there you go. I've now. I've now accused everybody of doing something that I would do anyway, so I, I think I need to move on. Um, uh, sorry, bit of dry mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I saw this headline and I was like, is this interesting anyone? Watch video. Skid Row plays fifth show with new ser- singer Eric Gronwall. Now, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Is there is there somebody out there going, oh, do you know what? I wonder what Skid Row's fifth gig with the new singers like. You know, I mean, I, I saw footage of the first. Yeah, yeah, it looks OK. But you know, second, third, fourth, whatever. But fifth, fifth. I wonder wonder what the fifth gig is like. I mean, really? Is, is this what we are filling our fucking timelines with now? Fifth gig with new... Fuck off. Really? It's not news. Um, anyway, T- Eric Peterson's been stockpiling riffs for the new studio album. That's good to hear, isn't it? Um, ex-Morbid Angel members uh, David Vincent and Pete Sandoval reunite in I Am Morbid. Okay, so video of London concert. Check that shit out if you want. Um, uh, uh, D- Destruction Schmear comes out with, uh, you know, what... He just calls it Putin, the new Hitler. Well done, Schmidt. Spot on. Now, these two stories are next to each other on Blabbermouth, right? Destruction Schmear calling out Putin, calling him the new Hitler. The story above it, Kid Rock opens new tour with video message from Donald Trump. I mean... Some of you will now be expecting me to go absolutely fucking off it, but I'm not. I'm just going to leave that there because I think that says it all. Um, also, um, uh, Eloy Casagrande, the amazing Sepultura drummer, broke his fucking leg and had to leave the tour. He's having an operation um, and having a pin put in it. And fucking hell, that is serious. When you make your living as a drummer, you do not want to be breaking your leg. It's pretty much, I mean, let's face it, whoever you are, you do not want to be breaking your leg. But, um, yeah, at the same time, Ozzy completes work on new album. Well, great. Again, I kind of, I don't know, it will sell, it will sell loads. But I, I just feel like the audience here, you guys, I, I feel like there's a big, big old majority of you, right, couldn't give a shit whether Ozzy puts out another album or not, really. 
Um, and I don't know. I, I certainly know that's how I feel. Now, I, I, I'm not assuming that 90% of people feel like, well, I am, aren't I? I'm assuming 90% of you agree with me. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me check myself before I wreck myself. Um, I feel like there is, I don't know, I feel like I'm in the majority, but is that just a mistake that we all make in our own heads when we think something and we just think that that's how other people think? So I don't know, maybe let me know, maybe who gives a fuck? Let's move on. Lars Ulrich says he couldn't heal Dave Mustaine's pain during filming of some kind of monster. And funnily enough, do you know what? I think I'd come to that conclusion because Dave does seem to still be pretty fucking miserable. Anyway, um, there's going to be a Cliff Burton museum. Wow, that's that's a thing. I mean, to be honest, I'd visit, you know, if it was local. But it's not going to be, is it? No. In fact, why don't I find out where it's going to be by actually clicking the bloody link? Um, but uh, anyway, look, you guys... Um, thank you so much for the support. Really do appreciate it. It's been really fucking cool. I, I, I don't worry. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like stopping the podcast or anything. I'm. I'm just saying that I just want to get that out there. Um, and I'm also stalling while the Cliff Burton story loads. I don't normally work like this, but um, uh, yeah, things are different because I'm not at home. So anyway, <laughs> um, where's it going to be? He says, reading through the right. There's a quote from a Swedish newspaper. Where is it going to be? Um, right, okay. Oh, right, this is really weird. Um, okay, it's going to be in Lundberg in Sweden. That's L-J-U-N-G-B-Y. I'm pronouncing it the same as Freddie Lundberg used to play for <laughs> Arsenal Football Club, so there you go. So that's where it's going to be. So let's all pile down. Let's have a talking bollocks uh, day trip to Lundberg in Sweden. Um... And um, go to the Cliff, Cliff Burton Museum. Who's up for that? Anyone? You lot? You lot up for it? Okay. Let's um, send me five pounds each and um, <laughs> I'll book a coach. <laughs> uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it's now, it's now time for the interview. And you know it's with Harley Flanagan. Now, how Harley and I met was doing the uh, motorcast. And we talked about his, his love of Lemmy. and we had, But right from the off, literally within the first minute and a half um we we both cracked up laughing and um and he said oh, i'm gonna really enjoy this and as soon as we uh, before we'd even done the motorcast i think i said i said like you know you'll have to come on mine as well so uh, we finally managed to sort it out i had problems with my email harley was having problems his end and we, we it, this literally took about a week no probably even more than that probably took about us two weeks to actually end up on zoom together and when the zoom starts i mean i got an email from him about a few minutes before saying um so are we on and, I, and my and i was just like oh god i'm already online and then so i just sat with on zoom hoping harley was going to turn up which he did absolute star so that explains the beginning of the interview um now, you can watch this on YouTube, on the Talking Bollocks channel as well. Um, you may, after you've watched it, uh, after you've listened to it, may want to go and watch it. Or if you've watched it, you may want to go and see it. And there you go. There are the clocks, as mentioned previously. Well, that's one. Um, I don't know if there's another one going to go off at some point. But um, anywho. Um, so, getting back to it. You can watch. You can listen. You can do both. It's up to you. Um, but this was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed this, really enjoyed doing it. Um, it, we really do go all around the houses, um, and we have, there's some great laughs and there's some real, 
deep dark stuff as well there's a, it's a real i hate to use this word i hate to use this word but it is the correct word it's just it's been corrupted but it, this is a real journey sorry sorry but this really is a real journey we talk about all sorts and um and then um the patreon um, the patreon subscribers the patrons step in with their questions well i read their questions and their questions um uh give the podcast uh give the interview our chat another route to go down and we end up rabbit holing on a a couple of tangents and and getting back to the questions but it's you know really cool questions and it's kind of a really all-encompassing chat which i really enjoy doing and if you want to be able to ask questions then please do sign up for patreon etc there'll be a link in the description as well so without further ado here is my chat with the one and only harley flanagan of the chromags I'm going to start recording. This meeting okay. is um, being recorded. Okay, hold on one second. Okay. Just talk. This meeting is being recorded. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, it, it, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. It, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. And every night was different. You know, different parts of the country, crowds react completely differently. Um, you know, in Manchester and Glasgow, it was like there'd never been a pandemic. In other places, it was a bit standoffish. Um the festival was like totally normal, but then two of us got COVID after it. Um, and, you know, so... Who were your bandmates? Sorry? Who were your bandmates, dude? Uh, yeah, two. One um, was fine, back to it after 10 days, but the other was very ill. So we ended up doing a, we ended up doing a tour after that, but we did it as a four-piece because he was really ill. That's fucked up, man. How's he doing? He's all right? Yeah, yeah, he's good, man. He's good um but still not 100 percent. you know still getting there yeah, you know the fucking shit is it's you know look man one of my sons had the shit you know i mean it's no bullshit man you know you know um i mean actually fuck my mother-in-law her husband you know several and a lot of friends of mine have had it and you know i've known a few people who died from it and some people who had real bad leftover uh you know side effects i mean you know but yeah and you know life is fucking it's you know if it's not one fucking thing it's another i mean we're always getting you know blasted with new fucking uh new ways to die new ways to suffer. <laughs> yeah i mean i mean new things to work around and try to figure out you know yeah all part of um all part of the uh, the cosmic plan yeah um, yeah, whatever the fuck that is, I don't know, but you know, one day at a time, I guess. Yeah, you know, I'm always like, you know, at any given moment, a fucking meteor could hit us, you know, before we even fucking finish a sentence. So, you know, just be grateful for the fucking, you know, for what's happening right now. And, uh, dude, dude, stay cl- stay clear of the action movies, okay? Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just like, hey, shit goes, you know. We're always living like, uh, uh, you know, we're always lucky to fucking have uh, whatever's going on because this the, the it's all yeah. such a crazy fucking balance, and we're as 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 important as and so as self important as we are, we're really quite meaningless and <laughs> absolutely. Like like, 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 like the uh, like the great like the great Bill Hicks once said, "We're just a virus with shoes." 
for real though. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a program the other day on uh, slime mold and it's like a one-celled thing and it can think and it, it's one cell and I'm like fuck this thing has purpose it's like doing stuff it's figuring things out. it's solving problems and it's one fucking cell and here we are all we do is like complicate the fuck out of shit and fuck ourselves up like start wars and fucking you know destroy each other fucking it's like fuck man yeah uh it, well that that's what we're best at you know fighting amongst oh, ourselves we're fucking good man we're fucking experts at fuck up hey i'll I tell you what i'll tell you what this is a cheerful beginning isn't it everyone's gonna <laughs> Every, I think so. I mean, yeah. you know. Every, everyone's going to be glad they've tuned in to Harv, Harvey, yeah, Harley and Howard. Gloom, doom. Ah, yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, it's like, that's what I'm saying. Just got to fucking be grateful, man. You know, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel great, man. You know, I'm, I was just sitting here before thinking about, you know, my wife, my kids, and just how um, grateful I am for, for all these things in my life. You know, and, and it's like, if you don't recognize how fucking easily everything can be taken away, you know, you, you got to really live in the moment, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think the pandemic taught, taught us all that, you know. I, I fucking hope so. I mean, I've always lived really on the fucking edge, you know, my whole life. But hopefully, you know, we all take something good out of this, you know. Uh, this was rough, man, especially for the young people who haven't had any real crises like world situations that they've ever dealt with and here they are you know yeah. fucking finding out you know pandemics and now this shit with fucking russia and all this it's like they're getting you know they're experiencing uh all this type of shit for the first time us old heads you know it's not yeah. like our first rodeo you know we've seen some some crazy shit already but so you know i know this is you know it's got to be some tough times to be a fucking kid you know yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, at, at fifty-two, the which is how old I am. Uh, you know, these are the these are the, the darkest times I can remember, even even as a kid. You know, you know, quite. I guess uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, like, quite honestly, I was always living by like the fucking skin of my teeth, man. You know, it's like so. I really. What was going on in the big picture was not, you know, I mean, I was literally, you know, stealing to eat and like not, you know, you know, barely, I don't know how, you know, I think back and I'm just like, I don't know how the fuck I made it through my teenage years and this and that and everything else. And I guess I was really self-absorbed for so much of my life with either just survival or drug abuse or whatever the fuck it was that, you know, to me, it was life was just chaos and, and the world was chaos. And I, I guess that's why... You know, that's why a lot of my lyrics were the way they were, you know. But do you look back now? I mean, and you think, I mean, you're just saying there that, you know, you, that those years you look back on and you're like, you know, you're, you're stealing to eat and, you know, it's hard times. And people must, you know, I'm thinking, how the hell do you then be in a band? Do you know what I mean? It's like daily life is, is like a real grind for you. And then... Like you find all this extra extra energy to somehow manage being in a band. Honestly, it wasn't about having extra energy. It was like if I didn't have that musical outlet, I would have definitely fucking 
exploded like completely. I mean, because, you know, I mean, for those who haven't read my book, you know, you should fucking check it out. Not that I'm trying to pitch my book here, but, you know, it'll explain <laughs> a lot. You know, it'll just explain a lot because, you know, I mean, I'll put a link. I'll put a link to it in the, uh, in yeah, the description. I mean, you know, because when I because, you know, it is hard to understand it, that how did someone keep their shit together as far as being a productive musician and this and that while being in a, in a basically a homeless uh, you know, living in squats, not having, you know, the basic necessities of, of, of life, you know. Chaotic and, uh, lifestyle, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so there was, you know, we were lucky that sometimes, you know, there, there, there was different, you know, throughout the history of the band, there was a lot of different circumstances. You know, we had friends that, that hooked us up and we, we lived with, took care of us, whatever, on certain level. You know how it is. I mean, fucking you've been in a band. Yeah. Uh, and in the early days, you know, the only one who really lived at home and, and would like pay for the practices, you know, my family would give me a few bucks here and there. I didn't have shit. Paris would be like, you know, paying for practices. John would be out hustling. We were really like hustling, you know, whether, whether he was selling weed or fucking, you know, doing bike messenger shit. And, you know, it was like, you know, it was funny, man. Cause like, I mean, I was literally, I didn't have, electricity i was living in a fucking squad you know and i'd come up with a riff and i would call paris's house and like be like don't pick up your phone because i'd want to hum the riff to his answering machine so we would lose the riff you know like that's how like saving shit it was like fucking ridiculous you know it was ridiculous so no but you see you see harvey harley you were way ahead of yourself because even then you were saving stuff on your phone you invented guess, it, man. Yeah. You, you, well, you just you just invented it. <laughs> I guess it comes to it. I it. Uh, well, you know what? That, that you know, it was just like you know, you did what you had to do. Yeah. And I'm and I'm actually talking to my wife about this shit the other day. She, you know, we were talking about you know, food. You know, we're sitting here, you know, talking about food and this and then. She's like, "Well, how'd you? You know, what were you eating back then? You know, when you were living in squats?" And I was like, "You know." you know, fruit, yogurt, like for breakfast, you know, fruit, yogurt, this and that. And she'd be like, but how? And I'd be like, oh, I'm fucking shoplift and shit. You know, I'd go hit the health food stores and I'd steal a bunch of brown cow yogurts because that was like, I was, that was my kick. I'd get some of those yogurts and I'd hit the fucking uh, uh, the fruit stands, the little Korean fruit stands and steal some fucking melon or a cantaloupe. I'd like fucking grab it and fucking take off running down the street. Like I had a whole little, you know, and then I'd just go sit in the park eat my you know cut my melon and i'd be sitting there eating all my stolen food it was like fucking you know it was that was my routine i mean and this is you know i was a gigging we were a gigging band and and i you know and i had already been in you know the stimulators and all that shit you know been like uh you know playing in punk bands coming up but you know i guess you know desperate times uh, it you know i guess it built character or something it made me a character <laughs> yeah yeah just cause, yeah it's a cartoon character <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's kind of weird though i mean i was i was thinking about it the other day right i mean i'm i'm 52 and um i form formed the band around sort of 84 85 when i was 14 15 years old yeah um and it's still what i'm best known for and 
and you, you know, you you're in the Crow Mags at such a young age, and you know, as as one older gentleman to another, do you ever look back on the, you know, do you ever look back at it now and just think, you know, it's incredible this thing that started off where it is, and it, the fact that it's still relevant in your life is just, you know, what man, I'm even more taken back by you know my involvement in the punk scene in the '70s and playing in the stimulators when I was like 12, 13 years old, and, you know, being around people like The Clash and, you know, you know Johnny Thunders and, and the, the, the Ramones and like the real OGs of punk rock, you know, fuck hardcore. I mean, I was there from the fucking start. So for right. me to be, to, for me to have grown up around people like that, and then to right. be going out on tour with the exploited, um, next month you know <laughs> pretty much championed the fact that punk would not die you know when it when everybody else had pretty much declared it done dead and over with you know they come out with punk's not dead you know so fuck everybody and you know i've known wadi since their first new york gig back in uh, i guess i don't know fucking early 80s i don't even remember what year it was but i was at their first show and uh you know Again, there's a pretty funny story in my book. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, you know, so it, it's going to be really cool to go out and play with those guys. And for me, you know, I'm an old head. And, and so just to see the fact that there's like, you know, I don't fucking go to shows, honestly. I don't fucking go out. I, I live my life. I play music because I play music. I could give a fuck about scenes, going out, doing this fucking. I, I like being around my wife. You know, I like spending time at home. I like fucking, I, I do my own thing. So to, to go out and, and see these crowds of young people that are still like really fucking pumped and really enthusiastic about the shit that I was doing when I was fucking kid, like generation, you know, zero of this shit. I mean, I really, if you fucking go back in New York punk history, I'm, I'm more or less there at fucking ground zero of this shit. You know, I was like a fucking 12 fucking year old in the room with like all this madness going down, you know? And um, the fact that I survived through all that bullshit and then took it to a whole nother place of insanity because you gotta figure when you're fucking, when you're that young and the adults around you are complete, total fucking out of their mind shit show, well, that's how your brain is getting wired. So that's all you know. Yeah, I didn't fucking know anything else. I didn't know what nor that was normality for me. Yeah. So the idea of, you know, I mean, and that's why I'm like pretty much, you know, not just lucky to be alive, but kind of slightly damaged goods because it's like when, you know, I've had this discussion with my family members who, you know, are a little sketched out thinking back, like, you know, sort of, they didn't get it. Because they themselves had their own, you know, trauma and their own this and their own that. But like, you know, when everybody around you is living a life that is pushing the envelope to such a fucking degree that the people who are the most fucking outrageous are actually admired the most. And the people who are like doing the most amounts of drugs are revered. And the people who fucking die are looked up to. And it's like almost a reverse reality it's like 
the yeah. more fucked up and out of your mind you are, and the more you don't give a fuck about life itself and just want to party and fucking bust a nut and get as high as you can until you fucking hit a wall. Literally, like, hit a wall. So, you know, when you grow up around this motherfucking shit, before you've even, like, figured out, you know, I was saying my fucking wife, man, I knew, how, you know, I knew fucking get, I knew what getting laid was before I knew what the alpha fucking bet was. <laughs> no, I, I could, you know, I, I, you know, I knew sex before I knew the fucking, you know, yeah. how to fucking spell, you know? Yeah. So, I, you know, people fucking, you know, I, when, when people fucking, romanticize all this shit i get a little bit annoyed sometimes yeah you know like when you know and i always would get real pissed when like my mom would like romanticize all that hippie bullshit because i was like you know mom you really did kind of fuck me up you know <laughs> like, like yeah. really kind of bad, you know like really kind of bad like because what you thought was freedom was just like you know if you don't have some sort of you know what, if you love somebody, you're going to, as a parent or as, a, as the adult in the room, you're supposed to put, when you give them boundaries, it's not like you're shutting down their ability to be free. You're trying to protect them from the stupidity of youth. Yeah. Because, you know, hopefully yeah. you figured a thing or two out your fucking damn self by then. So it's like, you know, obviously people are going to do what they're going to do. You know, I'm st I got a 19 year old son. I got a 17 year old son. You know, you can raise them. You could try to instill your beliefs, your values, your everything else, but they're going to make their own choices. And some of them are really going to piss you off. Some of them are going to sicken you. Some of them will be like, how the fuck did you come out of my balls? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you, 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 you're going to love them. And, and I've, more or less started to figure out the only thing you really can do is like is set the example that you want to be you know keep trying to strive for what you believe and and hopefully that will rub off if it has any yeah. real value if it has if what you're striving for actually has real value you know then that will win in the end i believe you know but people need their own time to figure it out yeah so yeah. Took me fucking way too long. You know? and, and 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 like you say as well, some of the some of the uh, choices will you know will disappoint you at the time, but will also, yeah, in, in given time, turn out to be the right choice. You just you know you never bro, know. Bro, the shit that I was doing at my kids' age, man, are you fucking crazy? You know, I you know so. I just got to take a step back every once in a while and like, you know, be like, Hey man, but always be willing to listen and always be willing to try to lend my advice and, and, and also be aware that my, my advice may not be uh, perfect or, or, uh, you know, yeah, I have, I also have limited knowledge, limited experience, and I can only be as the honest, uh, with the with the information and the the pain that I have acquired, you know, if you don't share your suffering, you know, people can't really, um, you know, if they're going through something, they're not gonna listen to you unless they know that you have really felt that pain yourself. Is, is that is that what you're doing when you're when you're songwriting? 
you share you it, it to a certain extent it's sharing it's sharing that suffering it's uh you know what i guess it kind of is unintentionally i mean because yeah you know, i've always been you know i i've always been a songwriter who tries to write mostly from my own experiences there's ve there's very yeah. few times where i've tried to put myself in the head of someone else yeah you yeah. know write what you because, know that's what they say yeah, write I, what you yeah. know exactly you know i mean and and in that you know you, the fact is despite the the different circumstances that we go through you know it, culturally um you know in every way you know uh, it, it, where we live you know um in so many ways despite all the differences in class everything everything you know we all share the same uh, feelings you know everybody suffers everybody feels sadness you know everybody feels happiness everybody feels um fear everybody has experienced different emotion we all have the same emotional makeup is what i'm trying to say yeah so so you can write lyrics that pretty much anybody can relate to despite what their uh, circumstance is because um, everybody's been, you know, I think everybody has felt afraid where they, they and with how they conquer it or don't is how, you know. Well, and as you, as we both know as well, people will apply their own narrative to, to, yeah. to the words you've written and they might mean something completely different to them but just as relevant yeah and you know what i get a lot of fucking uh a lot of people that, that they say you know that my music got them through some of the hardest times of their life and and that itself gave me like a renewed um uh, I don't even know fucking what I was going to say, not enthusiasm, but like not, uh, it just a uh, purpose. I don't know what, it just makes you feel. Uh, uh, a, a, a mission refresh, it's kind of refresh the mission. Yeah, it's, it, well, it just kind of reminds you that this shit is, is more important than just you sitting there fucking, you know, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Like other people are really feeling it too, you know, and the fact that I'm, I've always can, felt really uh, humbled and, you know, honored that people bring my music in, in out of the, you know, my music is part of the soundtrack to their lives. A lot yeah. of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, people have fucking tattoos of my song titles and shit like that. Like this stuff is really important to people. That's fucking, that's powerful shit. Like, you know, yeah who could have ever imagined that you would have such an impact on people's lives i'm i'm so, I'm, exa I'm exactly the same mate that that to me is like that's the ultimate that's better than any review that's better than any yeah. motherfuckers yeah. cover my songs at weddings i mean you know you've made it then you know you've made it then i'm just saying it's just like <laughs> when you, when you've written songs that are like standards in in the world of of your genre it's kind of like that shit is uh it's fucking you know it's pretty humbling i mean it's like you know 
I'm definitely not over here like sucking my own dick. I'm actually quite amazed that not that that it turned out that way, and that this shit is even you know. It's just, just it's great to be able to to you know be appreciated for what you do. Yeah, you know, I I, I, mean, I can. I can never I can never wrap my head around the fact that somebody feels the way about my band that I feel about a band that I that I, that I love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like to yeah, think yeah. That, that to think that maps my, that I'm that band to them is like, I, yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's only a few bands that I grew up really being like, a, I mean, I am definitely a fan of music, but there's very few people that have ever really been in like like oh my god i can't believe i'm meeting this person or whatever and yeah I'm quite honestly it's usually been like i guess it's kind of corny it's usually been athletes and shit like that more so than musicians because i've always been in fucking music i've been you know i've been around fucking musicians my whole fucking life so it's almost just like hey how you doing yeah you know <laughs> it's like well, i feel like having people i feel like i've known them even though i don't know them like the first time i fucking first time i fucking met billy idol i'm like we're just like bullshit and we're like talking to each other like i've known this motherfucker for 30 years right but we're just like you know because we've both been in the same room in so many places growing up it's like so we don't really know each other but we don't need to know each other we know each other <laughs> like, you know yeah 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 just, you know fuck you know yeah i can't wait to get out and fucking play it on man Really looking forward to stores. We got the Exploited tour coming up, and then we're going overseas and doing uh, Europe and the UK. We got a lot of shows in the UK coming up. Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. Well, I'm going to be at. Um, yeah. I'm going to be at Bloodstock. You're on Bloodstock, aren't you? You know what? I don't know where the fuck I am, man. I don't know anything. I don't. I'm would you? Would you? Would you? Would you like me to? Would you like me to read your tour itinerary? Sure, sure. Why not? People <laughs> where I'm playing because I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, actually, you know what? I don't really give a fuck. I'm just happy to be playing. I'll fucking play at your fucking mom's house if you fucking if, if the back line is good. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, look, I, I, I'm I'm exactly the same. That's what I'm firm believer in play anywhere if there's a stage doesn't matter if there's a stage actually oh, um right yeah i'm th this i'm 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 going for chromax tour chromax tour dates i remember one time i did this gig in the fucking woods right and it was like the the the, the only lights when when the sun started going down with the parked cars like shining at the band playing i don't know where the fuck they had like a little thing oh my christ it was like the, you can see one house in the distance, like the light from the kitchen. It's like 50 hardcore kids in the woods. It's fucking hysterical. Oh, brilliant, man. Well, look, I've got your um, I've got your tour dates up now. Um, so, um, Harley, what are we doing? I know, I know we were starting in France, right? Um, well, I've just got UK dates here. Okay. So you start June 21st, you're in Glasgow. Um, stereo, not played yes. there. Never know about that. Um, Ed Edinburgh Bannermans in uh, on the tw on the twenty second, the Wednesday. Not played there. Can't help you. Sorry. This is going to be great, man. Um, I've never fucking twenty sixth. You're in Bolton. Not played there. Twenty seventh, Newcastle. The um, uh, Newcastle upon Tyne. The Clooney. I've played there. Good venue. You'll have fun there. Um, 28th of June, Leeds Brudenell Social Club played there. You'll have fun there. 29th, Southampton. 30th, 
hello, I will see you on the 30th of June at London Underworld. Oh, I fucking love that place. Yeah, awesome gig. Yeah, man, it's like a fucking little UK tour there, man. That's that's more that's more gigs than most UK bands do on a UK tour. <laughs> that's fucking cool, man. I'm pumped, man. Yeah. Um, I think we got some shows in Ireland coming up. Well, like I, you know, I don't really. That it's gotten confusing because all these shows were originally booked right uh, before Corona happened. So it's like things kept getting pushed back each year. And so some of the venues yeah. have changed. So obviously the dates have changed, you know, by a couple, few years, in fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, so I don't know what the fuck's happening. I'm just like, dude, get me there. You know, I got all my bases fucking lined up. I'm trying to just, I'm already trying to decide which bases am I bringing? I'm like, fuck pumped. man. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome! So uh, let me ask you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking about bringing my my Guild Hollow Body. I don't know if you've seen that one, the, the, the red one that I play a lot of times. Or I'm um, thinking about bringing that and my Rickenbacker. I don't know. Right. Well, uh, can I be completely honest with you? Yeah. I'm a singer. One guitar is very much the same as another to me. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anybody listening, if you have any thoughts, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because I'm in a band, I've been in a band for 30 years, doesn't mean I know anything about musical instruments. <laughs> right, well, we all, now we all know this. See, this is what singers really know about music. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm right out there. I'm, I'm LSD, LSD, I'm riddled with it. Lead singer's disease. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my problem. Um, but, um, well, no, you're doing. You're doing. This, uh, you're also coming over and doing um, Rebellion, aren't you, in Blackpool in August? Yeah, yeah, uh, I believe so. I've seen. Uh, I've seen us on the, the posters, but then again, you know, like I say, man, I, I'm a little punch drunk from all this Corona shit. I've been seeing us on posters for the last fucking two years. I don't know what's happening. You know, dude. I think we're doing it. Yeah. You know, I, I believe we're doing it. You know. Just, uh, back in the day, back in the day, we came up with a phrase that we just applied forever on everything and it was believe it when you're on the bus yeah dude i believe it when i'm there you know you the know. bus could be going somewhere else you know i've been on some bad bus rides ah, one took me right to rikers uh, <laughs> well um yeah i, I it, it, yeah it, it is i know how you feel when we were going up to doing our dates i was like I, it, I didn't, we packed and went left and I, I didn't feel like we were going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? I didn't feel like we were going to a gig. It's, yeah, I still, I, I still couldn't, even, even on the way there, I was kind of like, right, I'm starting to come around to the idea that I'm actually doing a show now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I, I'm a little antsy. I'm a little actually, I don't want to say like uh, nervous about playing because I've been, I've been playing my whole life. It's been such a fucking break. Has got to be the longest I've ever taken off from doing a, uh, any live shows since I was like a fucking kid. So uh, it's yeah. a little, I don't want to say difficult for me to work myself back up. I'm just like, it's a little, uh, I guess I got like butterflies or some shit, you know, which usually means that it's going to be that much more explosive because 
I never have stage fright because I've been playing my whole fucking life. Like I remember the fucking first time I got up in front of like 30,000, 40,000 and up and shit. And it really didn't change anything. I was just like, okay, it's big crowd, big stage. Okay. I mean, it's got a lot more stage. I got to fill up. That's all. Like I wasn't really sweating it because I've been doing this shit fucking since the fucking seventies. All right. I'm kind of over that. (laughs) And that's, you know, so like, that's actually why I started grappling like uh, in tournaments and stuff, because I was getting, I get, more nervous when I got to fight someone in front of the referees and fucking an audience and this and that. So I kind of started doing that to give myself the, the, the thrill. That. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, like um, a couple of times I sang at friends of mine's shows and I didn't play bass just to, just for the excitement of like, okay, what am I going to do this? I'm going to yeah. explode. I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm not holding an instrument. My fucking, I'm going to actually combust. You know, they're going to have to fucking peel me off the fucking walls here. So, um, but I'm feeling a little antsy like that, you know. I'm feeling like, you know. So, that being said, I think I'm probably, uh, you're going to probably see a pretty fucking intense me on this tour, man. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, is, uh, has that has that manic you, you know, gone forever do you still i mean for those who don't follow my instagram man fucking you tell me man i'm fucking doing like hanging leg lifts fucking going crazy getting ready for dropping from like sets of of hanging leg lifts right to push-ups to fucking you know i'm working my ass off getting myself ready to uh represent you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be that motherfucker that 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 grown men want to be when they fucking get older i'm going to be that motherfucker that i, I want that's my goal is to fucking be the i want to set the example that i want to fucking aspire to like fuck aspiring to be anything other than setting that fucking example myself i'm so fucking grateful for life every day the other day i was sitting here and i felt lazy and i felt a little like cold on the inside, and I, so I said, "Let me go for a walk." And then I got to the park, and I just fucking worked out for fucking thirty-five minutes. And that was before my workout. <laughs> you know, I came home and I just and then yeah. I just worked out with hands. I'm not like a, I'm not working out with weights and going crazy and trying to be some psycho gym dude. No, yeah. man, I enjoy life. I work with bands. I work with my body. I, I do pull-ups. I do push-ups. I stay fucking physically. I work out at least five days a week because it's good for your mind. It's good for your body. It, it keeps me, you know, oh, you got to fucking, you got to attack life with some, with an appetite for it, man. It's kind of fucking, and I, I'm really, I'm getting myself ready. I'm going to kick the shit out of this fucking tour, man. Well, I, do you know what? I'm going to remind you of everything you just said when I see you at the very, at the very last date of the European tour in London, right? Bro, I guarantee you that I'm going to fucking devour this fucking tour, man. I'm awesome. going to eat this motherfucker. Yeah. My, the intensity that I have, the fucking willingness to kill my opponents. I plan on going on that stage and for fucking 45 minutes to an hour or whatever I have, I am going to fucking annihilate every fucking buddy in that room and hopefully leave them dead and smiling. Awesome. Awesome. That's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. That's my goal. 
Well, look, um, I've got some um, I've got some subscriber questions, if that's OK yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, um, no, fuck you, motherfucker. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So this is Robert Osborne. And um, what up, Robert Osborne? Any what? relation to, uh, to, to the OG Osborne? Ozzy? Not that I'm aware of. He's not a secret hidden love child that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, his first question is, how hard was it taking over singing duties on Best Wishes? Man, you know something? That's a great question. It was. Yeah, really I thought fun. I thought that. Do you know what? Do you know what? When I read it, I thought, oh, shit, that's a great Man, question. No. I've been beaten to it. You know what, something, bro? I actually did not know if I would be able to do it as far as performing and doing both. When I did the record, I had still never done it live. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it like, cross it, that it, bridge it, when we come to it. We'll cross that man, bridge when yeah, we come exactly. to it. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it was, it was actually, you know, another thing is, I don't know if, uh, again, people who have not read my book, which I don't give a fuck, it, but so you wouldn't know the details. I really, I never wanted to be the singer. Like, it was not really, you know, there was not ever this like rivalry between me and John as far as like me wanting to take over his gig or this or that, like that. No, I kind of got put in that position because he quit and he used to quit pretty fucking often. And it just got <laughs> to the point where, no, nah, I mean, again, it's, you know, <clears throat> you know, yeah. not to talk shit about singers, Mr. Singer, but um, <laughs> you try you know, it, like, you try it. But you know what? It's just like, you know, a lot of front men, you know, they, they got, they, they're fucking difficult, man. You know, it's like, you know, like they fucking, they, they pull fucking all that bullshit because I guess because they're not actually writing the song. So it's like, they got to find other ways to fucking like. Oh, you're pushing my buttons. You're pushing yeah, my buttons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> only redeeming value as a singer is that I play bass. No, I'm fucking not. No, but I, anyway. Hang on, I, no, do you know what? Let, let me stop you there, right? Because let me tell you it from a singer's point of view. Because <laughs> Okay, give me yeah. the inside scoop, you prick. Because no, yeah. Kind of- yeah, 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 no, I will, I will. But I'm, 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 I'm totally serious, right? Because you're insecure, you niggas. You ain't got fucking, because you ain't got an instrument. So you're like, hey, I'm going to quit the band. The, and and ah! nailed it. You, you nailed ah! it. You nailed it. Yeah. It, t- it, 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 it turns out I haven't got any secrets at all. You knew all along. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Because, because, because it, like being able to play an instrument is a demonstrative, you know, thing. Whereas the whole, the, the whole singing thing is like for a start, you're making, you're making sounds with your body. So it's so, so straight. So, well, no, but so straight away, you're more prone to take offense at criticism because it's a sound you made with your yeah. body. It's almost like, you know, do you know I, what I mean? I, I mean, that's, it's a little oversensitive, I've got to be honest. But you know what, though? At the same time, man, it's, I also understand the pressures being from, man, because no matter what, a lot of the focus and the attention is being put on you just by your position. So it's like, and because you're not playing an instrument, the things that you pointed out are very true. You're actually like, people are gonna judge your, your you on all kinds of stranger criteria, you know, just even like, yeah. you know, you know, your performance isn't just your voice, it's your whole, it's your persona, it's your fucking antics, your whole shit show, you know? So it's like, it's yeah. really easy for people and let's just face it, I mean, all humans have their insecurities, you know, and then 
you throw a musician or an artist up on stage where they're basically displaying their their fucking insecurities. You're up there trying to get validation from motherfucking strangers by fucking showing the world what you do. Look at me. Do you like it? Absolutely. You know, let's let's fucking call it for what it is. You know, it's like, you know, and and I've been playing music so long. Like I never actually tried to start playing in a band because I was kind of playing music before I knew what the fuck was going on, you know? And like, uh, it was always just a, so I guess for me that, that exists too, but it, it's always been a way to kind of, it's always been survival for me because like I literally made my first money in my life when I was a child on the street playing with other kids from my school. So like for me, it's been a, a source of, of survival and also acceptance my whole life. So that same approval that all artists are seeking from other people that's is kind of what has gotten me through life you know it's like it's funny because i always rip on my mom for having like raised me to be a a quote-unquote bohemian i'm like what the fuck is this shit you know like you didn't teach me any life skills you just taught me how to be like cool you know cool is a real <laughs> man. that shit you know you're not always cool you know? Depending <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, you know depending on what's going on and sometimes you step in shit you're not so cool absolutely yeah absolutely see that guy okay. see, yeah see that guy yeah, see that guy asleep cool. in the gutter yeah yeah that cool. motherfucker was cool, cool as, as fuck yeah he was the motherfucker on the planet back in the day Hey, look at him now, mom. You know, that motherfucker, somebody just taught his ass how to fucking read and write. You know, that might have been helpful. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm not trying to shit on it, but. But you know, point no, is, we 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 all we all love our mums. Well, look, there's a there's yeah, another yeah. there's, an, there's another question from Ozzy Osbourne's illegitimate love child. <laughs> you still at it, motherfucker? <laughs> so, um, basically, his question is, um, and you probably yeah the the last one was really good um yeah. and this one is one that unfortunately everybody I'm wants to elsewhere. everyone <laughs> everyone everyone wants to know okay yeah would yeah would would the original chrome do you do you ever see the you original know, lineup getting back together ever no nah, i really actually don't you know i really yeah. don't and i'll be honest with you i mean look I, I hate saying i'll be honest with you because i'm always honest I got that from my son. He says that to me all the fucking time. I'm like, dude, you don't start a sentence with "I'll be honest" because that in- insinuates that the rest of the time you're full of shit. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I, I'll tell so, you. I'll tell you another I'll one. I'll tell you. I'll tell you another one. Being right? honest. Yes, give me one. I, I, another one, uh, which is when when you're telling a story yourself or when anyone else tells a story. This is a great bit of advice. Whatever you do, don't say, "I'll tell you a funny story." Shut the fuck up. Keep your powder dry. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, because it may not be as funny to them and they look like a real you, you just You just raised the bar. You needlessly <laughs> raised the bar. Bro, I love you, man. I can't have a lot of good advice here, man. Fuck. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you a shitty story. Um, no, but... um. So what, what, what the fuck was the question? No, do I see the band getting again? No, I really, sadly, I don't. And for, and you know what? I fucking, for those of you who followed my, whatever, my social bullshit media and all that, I, you know, you see that I've been over the many, many years, I've extended the olive branch to all these fucking guys a gazillion times. And, you know, even with all the, the bickering that has gone on back and forth and on the interims, you know, 
I've always been willing to talk. I've always been willing to try to see what everybody could do to fucking just make everybody walk away feeling whole on some level. You know, I mean, nobody's ever going to be happy about anything because that's just everybody's too bitter. Everybody's too pissed off. Everybody's too old, you know, but um, I tried and I fucking tried and I tried and and all I really got back was a lot of negativity, hostility and bitterness. And, um, you know, that ship has kind of sailed. I mean, you know, I'm always willing to talk because I'm not going to, you know, at the end of the day, and I said this to all of them, like, you know, we have the ability to make so many fucking people happy to just give them that moment. And if that doesn't matter to you, like, then, you know, like if, if, you can't get past your own bullshit for like 45 minutes. That first album is only like a half hour long. If you can't put your bullshit aside and get on, on some sort of a platform and play together for 30 minutes and make all those people fucking happy, then you know what? Then you don't really deserve those fans. You know? I mean, if you can't yeah. give them that, then they shouldn't give you shit. You don't deserve it, you know? And it's like, the only thing that I asked, you know, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but me and old JJ, we, we stopped talking shit about each other a long ass time ago. Like when the whole settlement ended, that was it, man. We fucking let it go. You know, that was part of our agreement was like this shit. When the smoke settles, it's done. You know, yeah. we're, it's just like, let's move on with our lives. You know, you know, leave me out of the press. I leave you out of the press. I got nothing. You know, I'll only ever say something that's true or something that's, nice or or funny or whatever I'm, I'm just done i'm done and you know and i i asked the same of everybody i'm like how can i who wants to get on stage and play with somebody who's actively shitting on them and actively like wiping their ass with their face every time they open their mouth like i'm supposed to get up on stage with you when you just talked all kinds of bullshit and i know the history i actually know the history and you're going to keep running your mouth and I'm supposed to get up and, and look at you without punching your fucking teeth down your throat. Fat fucking chance, bitch. You know, like, let's have a conversation like two motherfucking men. And then, you know, I ain't trying to prove, look, I'm not a bully. I'm a motherfucking grown ass man. I ain't, I don't give a fuck. I ain't trying to, I don't need to intimidate anybody with my, my toughness and shit like that, you know? I've done kicked enough asses in my time. I don't care. If these motherfuckers ever wanted to have a conversation, you know, we could have a conversation. But just, you know, let it be known, you know, it cost me motherfucking over 250K in my legal entanglements just to fucking get the shit locked down that I owned. That whole fucking legal bullshit was just to get those dudes to stop playing under a trademark that they didn't actually own. I owned the trademark. Well, there's 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 a follow up question from um, from Robert Osborne, which kind of which, which, again. he's this fucker again. <laughs> Is he the only fucking person listening to this shit? I know, I know, I know. But you but you were you were kind of wandering into it because his next question was, would you be rich if you actually got any royalties from the Age of Quarrel? Bro, I haven't fucking gotten jack shit from any of that shit. You know, and part of my goal, and I don't know if you've read all this stuff, Mr. Osborne. I feel like I know you personally now, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I'm, Robert, sure the feeling, I'm sure the feeling Robert, is Robert, mutual. Robert, 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 is that his name? Robert. All right, Robert. Yes. Well, look, Rob. Look, Rob. You know, <clears throat> I don't know if I'd be rich, but I wouldn't be as fucking, uh, I'd have a little bit more money than I do. That's for goddamn sure. And 
I have, you know, very publicly made it part of my goal that if and when I say when I get the rights to all that stuff back one day, that you know, I feel everybody who played on every record that they played on should be, be should be, uh, you know, should get paid for what they played on. You know, I'm not trying to fuck anybody over. Like, there's been a lot of different players in this band throughout the years, and if I had it my way, there'd be a time that all those records came out on the same label or some sort of there was some sort of effort to just each person that played on each record should benefit from from what they played on and none of us have and yeah. and i think that's a lot of the, the, the root of the bitterness and the, the bullshit and you know okay well look well robert's yeah. got robert's got a more um, music question now said um you've, you've said you guys that, um, a three-way between us over I, here, this I, conversation. I know i mean he's he's clearly just, hey you know what hey, hey rob i appreciate you thank you you know let me see but, what you got yeah, let's see. Well, it, well, this is this is um, a nice one. He said you said that uh, Cronus from Vez Venom was an influence on your bass playing. Yeah, yeah, were yeah, yeah. were yeah. there any other influences? I'm going to say oh, yes, yeah. there was Lemmy. Of course. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, those are two of my big ones. Um, I'd have to say one of my also Rainy from Discharge is a huge influence on my uh, on my playing. But um, I'd say that one of the biggest influences on my playing is Daryl Jennifer from Bad Brains because I grew up watching him play since I was a kid and uh, I made the switch from drums to bass when he was living in New York and he was kind of my my bass mentor right and and if you you're know, gonna have so a if, yeah if you're gonna have a bass mentor you better make sure you're playing bass not drums well you know what <laughs> I've always felt that everybody, every musician is a drummer in their soul. You know, it's just like drums is the root of everything. Dude, dude, that's, yeah. that's a shout. I watched, um, I watched, uh, that, that Netflix documentary, um, um, count me in. It's a, I bet it's, it's a documentary on drummers. Um, oh. it's Stephen Perkins of Jane's addiction oh. is like behind it's the man behind it. Um, oh, and it dude, an hour in, I'm just like welling up. You know, hey, I'm you know what, man, man, root of everything. We all we're all born with a heartbeat, you know. Absolutely. That's where it all starts. So I mean, I my bass playing is, is very is very uh, rooted in my drumming. You know, right. I'm a rich drummer. So, but so um, Daryl is a very percussive bass player, and I and he utilized power chords in such a, a great way in a similar but different way than Lemmy. Lemmy plays his power chords more like a, a rhythm guitar, whereas Daryl would use them more to accent certain um, like cymbal crashes or stuff, like very percussively. He would use it very percussively, like Earl would hit a certain cymbal and Daryl would highlight it with the octave of whatever chord he was playing. So like I picked up a lot of that shit from him. I you know, really grew up studying him watching him he was like my my base hero and still i gotta say really is i love him like a like a big brother um really lucky to have family like that oh that's awesome uh, man. there's a lot of bass players though that i that i really uh, let's not just say that that, that I, I just to, to tell robert real quick bro i yeah. fucking love so many different styles of bass players i mean everybody you you know you you, you know 
obviously your Bootsy Collins, your Stanley Clarks, and your Jocko Pistorius, and your this and your that, and blah, 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 blah. I could go fucking on forever and ever. But those guys that we mentioned, Daryl, Kronos, Lemmy, obviously the great one, uh, and Rainey. Um, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw somebody in who's never on anyone's lists. And he's one of the most consistent guys. He plays on over 20 albums. And that's Carl Alvarez of The Descendants. Nasty bass player. Yeah. 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 Absolute. Very innovative. Very innovative. Um, yeah. You know, but the thing is, I, I was just never really a total. I like that West Coast punk. But <laughs> how, the bass playing was just not never really. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, it's totally different. It's totally different. Carl, Carl tickles his bass player. Those guys were one of my favorite bands of that era. Like, you know, that, you know, I mean, early 80s really produced a lot of great stuff out West. It's just a little different, you know. It's like, but my favorite West Coast bands, obviously, were like, you know, Black Flag, so like Circle Jerks and Fear and shit like that, you know. Yeah. Going yeah, yeah. before that, you know, the Germs. And, yeah, I like Waste Views. Um, but, um, Right. Well, look, I think we've exhausted that question, but that is the end of that's the end of um, Ozzy Osbourne's illegitimate love child, Robert day. Osbourne. Yeah, yeah. If you're still in touch with your dad, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Need to... what's up, yeah. Um, so moving on, this is Paul Hutchinson. Um, and Paul Paul Hutchinson said, and I hope you're listening carefully. What three pieces of advice? Would you give a young Harley based on your life experiences? Good luck uh, with that, Mr. Flanagan. It's actually funny you say that because I have a son named Harley and I'm fucking always giving him advice. So, like, I could just sit there and think about that for a second, you know? <laughs> um, that, but, that, but, yeah. That's almost cheating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, know he, you know, but the difference is me and him are both you know, experiencing very different things in life and uh, in our surroundings. So if I was, you know, literally to be talking to myself uh, and what I was going through. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I think I would have just said, man, you know, don't, don't worry. It's going to be all right, man. You know, not to fucking quote Bob Marley, but uh, it's like, you know, I, I, I did a lot of really stupid shit growing up, and um, I do have a lot of regrets. Uh, you know, um, you know, people, you know, say you shouldn't regret this, that, the other, whatever. I got a lot of regrets, and uh, but I understand why I did most of the shit that I did. You know, again, like we were talking about in the beginning, how like when you're wired to behave a certain way early on, you don't really know no better. You know, you're kind of brought up. Uh, you're kind of wired for chaos, you know, like I was kind of wired for chaos before I even knew what the fuck was going on. So it was like, yeah. Um, I wish I could have found a, a way out of dealing with my, my pain that didn't involve uh, such destructive behavior. You know, I, um, I did a lot, a lot of drugs and I did a lot of, 
I committed a lot, a lot of acts of violence when I was like a skinhead and when I was on the streets. And a lot of the shit that I had a lot of rage that I didn't know how to um, process. And um, I guess not having had a, a father or, or any uh, real male adult figures to kind of guide me through that made it difficult and being you know on the street from the age of like kind of like pretty much 15 uh in, in what was a really pretty violent neighborhood at the time um i just wish i could have found another way so that would be your uh... I, the, the advice I, I would say just like you know yeah just like hang on just like don't give up that's really the only advice i, I always just try to say is, you know like because I, I i've lived through so much horrendous shit like so much fucking madness and like i'm pretty fucking happy where i am in my life now like you know it, it was a fucking real motherfucker to get to a place of of happiness of um of appreciating love you know and uh you know, I told my son, you know, if I can, you know, he's going through his own shit, you know, and uh, one of them, and I, you know, I just told him, if I could, I don't want you to be, like, angry like I was for so much of my life, you know, if I, if you can, you know, if I, you know. Uh, you know, all those lyrics on that first album, it's like, they're not, it's not a joyful record, man. There's a lot of real violence in that shit. And um, it's, uh, it's not pleasant. You know? Yeah. I fucking, I, I actually, you know, not to, not to sound like whatever, but like, you know, I see, I, I have fucking therapists that I talk to and shit because like, I'm pretty fucked up. Dude, who who isn't, you know? Like I think people need to be able to talk about shit. Like, and I'm just lucky that I, I have somebody that I'm able to like not just like spill my uh, my my shit to, but can give me a little bit of insight. Because like, it's one thing to talk yeah. to your friends and talk to other people, but they don't necessarily have the knowledge on. Um, they may not be educated in the field of understanding. Uh, uh, trauma uh, they yeah. may not be they may not understand the um, the actual side effects and, and the physical mental uh, manifestations of those side effects and, and and even you know not just the psychological but even just like the scientific like you know the chemistry involved yeah you know well the, well, the best the best any friend can do is empathize you know yeah. And, and, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. but that only gets you so far and you're right you know you need to be able to you need to speak to people who who you know understand because otherwise it's kind of like trying to learn you know i always liken it to like trying to learn like two white belts trying to teach each other jujitsu like that's a great idea that's a great analogy we don't neither of us know shit we both you know yeah and it's like you know and i think that's a lot of the problem you know young people have i know i had didn't have anybody really um that's why, you know, kids get wrapped up in gangs and they get wrapped up in all the bullshit. You know, they, they're looking for acceptance. They're looking for someone that understands their problems. They don't feel like the adults around them really understand what they're going through. 
you know, um, and a lot of times they don't, you know, but the problem is, is, you know, people look for acceptance in the wrong ways as I, you know, did often and, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, I see that type of shit happening with kids, you know, my son, he's going through a lot of shit for a while. There's a lot of gang shit going on out there. And it's, um, yeah. So if I could have, you know, what the fuck advice could I give? I would say learn something else. Like, like not just like, don't, you know, like, you know, again, not to shit on my mom, but she really didn't, you know, teach me. She was a hippie, you know. She was like on this kick of like, you know, you know, whatever, like. Yeah, you know, kids, big kids are smarter than we are. Type of shit, they'll figure it out. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know what the fuck kick she was on, but it was like, you know, like learn more than just fucking. You know, you might you might actually live, you know, like you might actually be alive long enough to actually have to take care of yourself. Yeah, you may survive past eighteen. No one thought I was gonna, you know, and it's yeah. like. You get to a place and then it's like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know how to take care of my fucking self. You know, I, I might have, you know, I might have like told myself, like, you know, try to find some other thing. But I didn't have much options, man. I didn't, you know, like I was living in squats. What the fuck options did I have? I didn't, it's not like, you know, I didn't have the choice. Well, you, you see, know? the thing, the thing is, the thing is as well is that the, the question, the question is flawed and that's not. In any, that's not in any way a, a, a criticism of the question, but the reason the question is flawed is because you know as well as I do, because if I put myself in your shoes, that if older you gave younger you some advice, younger you would tell would tell exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like the fuck you know, motherfucker. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, like motherfucker, what the fuck? What the uh, fuck do you know about stealing yeah. food? Oh, you, you're me. You're like, me. Yes, 30. I do know. He's like, you're me, and you've traveled thirty years back in time to tell me this. Well, yeah, a, that doesn't work because the rule of time travel means we can never meet you, bloody idiot. Yeah, and two, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, look, um, Harley, that's been an absolute blast. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, man. Thanks you know, a lot, man. You get on this fucking shit. I feel like we're just sitting here bullshit. I'm like, oh my god, I'm yapping and yapping. I'm yapping. <laughs> Oh, dude! Oh, it's not like boring to listen to, but uh, hey, dude, you guys, hey, hey Robert, stuff. is this shit boring to listen to? You seem to be <laughs> well. Uh, look, um, uh, thank you very much. Um, I'll, oh, I'll, man, hit, I'll hit you up all over social media when this is coming out, brother. Man, very, very cool, man. And that is where our chat concluded. That was I and Harley. Um, going deep going over the surface going everywhere really enjoyed doing that um and i hope you enjoyed doing it too and i'm not going to sit here and go on and on about the interview because you just listen to it make of it what you will or indeed have a watch of it or if you watched it yeah anyway let me know let me know the youtube channel doesn't seem to get much love these days so um if you do you know if you do go over there give it a give it a like well give you know give this uh, interview a like or a comment um because it's good to know that there is at least somebody out there watching it it really is but um anywho please as always tell as many people as you can about the podcast 
that is the way that it's going to keep going, keep getting better. Um, you know, sign up at Patreon if you can, if you can spare a few shekels. Please, Governor, can you spare me some change for a cup of tea? Um, you know, anything that you can do, even if it's just share on social media or tell your people or you're on social media and people recommend podcasts. Oh, you know, what a good podcast. Then tell them about this one. Of course, that's if you like it. I mean, if you don't, don't tell them. But I'm guessing if you're this far in and I mean, if you're this far in and you don't like it, fuck you. What the hell are you? I win. <laughs> you're still here, idiot. <laughs> anyway, um, it's been great. It's been a pleasure. I love doing this podcast and thank you for all the good feedback and thank you for the critical feedback, etc., etc. Um, sign up for Patreon, all the rest of it. Follow on social media. You know the routine, don't you? Um, and most of all, all of you, take care out there and I will speak to you again very soon. Adios.